Hi, everyone. This is David Yaz, the producer of The Link Podcast, with a special message from the staff and crew of The Link. Dear friends and fellow classmates of the Milton Academy graduating class of 1986, it's been about a year and a half since Farah dreamed up what would eventually become The Link, the podcast that links the past to the present for those who went to high school in the 1980s and convinced Meredith and Diana to jump in headfirst. We were lucky to enlist Dave's help, oh, that's me, in turning our dream into a reality. We're very grateful to all of you for participating in this experiment, for sharing your memories and experiences. These conversations have been moving, honest, and eye-opening for us and for our listeners. You are all an inspiration. We're also grateful to our sponsors. Special thanks to Hannah Sachs, Caitlin Birmingham, Christopher Perry, Nikki Wynn, Andrew MacArthur, Shin Hiroshi, and especially to Charles Cheever, who is a super sponsor of this show and frankly made season two possible for us. Thank you, Charles. The world is a thousand times more complicated than we imagined it would be, and the conversations that connect us are more important now than ever. Wishing you and your loved ones happy holidays, a very happy and healthy 2022. Sincerely, all of us at the link, Dave, Diana, Farah, and Meredith. If you'd like to support the show and continue these efforts in this project, please visit patreon.com slash the link podcast. That's patreon.com slash the link podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Link, the podcast that links the past to the present for those who went to high school in the 1980s. It is a perfect time to reflect and to take stock and to think about really fun parts of our past, but also some challenges. I get to see and hear all your amazing faces and a blast from the past, which is always super exciting, seeing who we were then, who we are now. We really didn't know what was going on in each other's lives very much. And so finding out the real scoop is incredibly rewarding. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to The Link. This is producer Dave, David Yazapod617.com. I am a I am a member, and I can speak, I'm a podcaster. I'm a member <laughs> of the graduating class of Milton Academy of 1986, which gives me something in common with our cast of characters here, of course. They're all the gang's all back. Farah Pandith, Diana Donovan, and Meredith Zinner. We're gonna give them a round of applause. And we have uh, an awesome guest today that it yes. seemingly has taken us like most of the year to track down. And we finally <laughs> got him. We've got him. He's in his car from a remote location, which he'll reveal. But Meredith. Perhaps. Per- maybe. But. Oh, An undisclosed location currently. Yes, that's right. Meredith, before you introduce our guest, Farah, how is life in your world? It's going well. So glad to see everybody and thrilled to have a conversation coming up with our guest. And Diana, how are things in uh, the sunny area of the country where you are? We got no sun. It is all rain here, which is so good because we've been in a drought for so long. We've got like buckets in the shower and, you know. <laughs> you don't have a bucket in the shower. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I have a bucket in the shower so that when you're waiting for the hot water to come on, you don't uh, waste all the water. 
The uh, my, hu- my husband's idea. Bu- <laughs> Shocker. The bucket in the shower is also my favorite Waylon Jennings song. I think Meredith. Without further ado, would you like to introduce, introduce our guest? I would love to introduce our guests, and I am particularly very, very excited to hear how they're doing, what they've been up to for the past <coughs> years. So they graduated from Arnold and Marie Schwartz College of Pharmacy. They were actually the neighborhood pharmacists in their old neighborhood, and they are currently working as the pharmacy manager at Winn-Dixie Pharmacy in Palm Coast, but... More than that, they are deeply entrenched uh, with members of the next generation. And even more than that, even more than that, my friends, mm. they are a grandparent. Oh, they are a grandfather. Could be our, could be our first grandparent. And I might, it's the first that we have come across, and could that be. should be embraced and celebrated, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Dan Cooper! Hey. Welcome, Derek. Coop, Welcome, Derek. Thank you very much. Coop. They're not booing. They're saying coops. 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 <laughs> That's right. Yes. I remember that from back in the day. It's been a while, that coop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coop, 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 right? So, Wasn't that it? So where are you geographically? I'm in Palm Coast. And for those so, who don't know where that is, we're about 30 minutes south of St. Augustine, 30 minutes north of Daytona. I googled it. <laughs> the I New Yorker know. moves to Florida. That's exactly what happened. And what brought you down there? <laughs> Who would have thought? Right? Huh? What brought you down there? Was it the palm trees? <laughs> no, it was not. I actually, shockingly enough, I was playing Star Wars Galaxy with my friend. We grew up together. In fact, when he found out I was moving to Florida, he moved to Florida as well. We've known each other since we were four years old. Oh, my God. His girlfriend got upset with him for playing with me all these hours on this game. (laughs) So I started playing by myself, and I met a lady online, and we got close. So I ended up moving to Florida to be with her. Wow. Oh, my God. So we have the the online dating move to Florida, too, in addition to the first grandparent. (laughs) Nice. Is, How long ago? I, I think I won both. I was at the twentieth reunion, and I remember uh, telling people that my oldest one literally graduated high school the day before. So oh she graduated on a Friday. The reunion was Saturday. You started young. <laughs> uh, yes and yes and no. I mean, I, she's definitely my daughter. But if I needed a kidney from her, it, it's not happening. We'll put it that way. <laughs> So, we'll get into that later. <laughs> but Derek, Derek, do you like living in Florida? I mean, you're not from there. So how does it feel? It's so funny. I guess going to Milton kind of prepared me for this type of atmosphere. <laughs> I don't miss it at all uh, living in this city. I miss my sports because I'm a huge sports fan, but I don't miss the city at all. I miss my stinky New York teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I because I'm in Brooklyn now. And I could not okay. imagine living in Florida. Also, I hate the sun. So, but you always wear those big hats, Meredith. I do. You'd, I you'd do. have just a gigantic hat. I do. In fact, people in my neighborhood, when I'm not wearing a hat, don't recognize me. <laughs> well, Derek is rocking like a, a really Florida vibe. He's like in casual clothing. He's, He's got some know, glasses. All he's, he's looking very cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think. 
There's something of to course. be said about sort of the, the cool element. But Derek's always had that. Yes. We're all you guys now. So Meredith's in Brooklyn. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I've been here since, I don't know, whenever, two decades. It's been crazy. I came here thinking I was going to be here for a couple of years, and here I am all these years later. Diana, you should reveal where you are. Well, I'm in California. I live just north of San Francisco, and I've been here for 30 years, 31. Are we really getting the numbers? Are we really getting the numbers? Sorry, I should be bad. David? I'm the only one still in the Boston area. I'm the townie. In living, living Sharon, working Westwood, and way to represent. And it. yes, yes, still rooting against all of your teams, Derek. Of course, no challenge to you guys. You have nothing to worry about from my <laughs> and my Knicks, who have been horrible the last twenty years or so. You've given up. Derek, I want to, I, I want to, I want to know, I want to know, like how you are able to watch sports in Florida if your teams are up north. Like, what do you, like, who's with you when you're watching this stuff? He has television far. Well, <laughs> it's not the same. When I first came here, I did get the Sunday ticket to watch the Jets, but what happened was all my customers know I'm a huge sports fan. So on the Sundays that I work, they would tell me the scores. So that kind of went back for me. My stepson, he's six feet seven inches. When he was thirteen, he called me shorty. <laughs> oh. And I'm not short. No. <laughs> That's how tall he is. He's a basketball fan, so we got the NBA ticket, so we watched that together. That's nice. See, he does have people around him. You see that, Dave? It makes a difference. All right. It makes a difference. And what's what's the what's the tally? How many kids and how many grandkids? There are four kids. The oldest one is actually not that far from Diana. She's working at UCAL Berkeley. She's a professor there. Nice. She just got her PhD at uh, public health a couple years ago. So, so awesome. she is a research professor at Berkeley. Wow. Second oldest is the one that made me a grandfather, and she's living in Daytona. They uh, drop the baby off to us once a week, so oh, we nice. get to take care of her for a day. Oh, and how old is she? Junior. She is 10 months. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. She, she already knows that I'm the fun adult. <laughs> of course. Not already. The third one is a junior in Stetson's music program. Wow. Uh, she plays violin. She's also an artist as well. And the youngest one is the tall one, the six or seven one. He's a freshman at uh, Embry Riddle doing their rocket science program. Oh my gosh. You wow. must be so proud. That's amazing. Must be so proud. Congratulations. That's so oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Oh my! Oh, so Dave, Dave is now showing us an awesome picture of you and the baby. Oh my God! Come on, yeah. look at that face. It's so cute, Derek. Oh how did God. you, how yep, did you end up? How did you end up in 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 your field? Like, is this something you were interested in doing when you were at Milton, or what happened? How did you get here? How did I get from Milton to well, it, professionally? Florida? Like, yeah, your interest in in pharmacy. Actually, what. Okay, what happened was when I left Milton, I went to RPI for engineering. I was an aeronautical engineer. Um, I was Air Force ROTC. I wanted to be a pilot. Um, but then these things happened. So I was no longer eligible for that. So I stayed <laughs> there for things. three years, um, <laughs> then left there. I figured my best subject was chemistry. So I started to go into a chemistry program. But what happened was when I started to do that in New York City, at that time, pharmacies were popping up all over the place. It, it was during that boom where there was a Dwayne Reed on every block. Yeah. So I 
did some research into that. It was very similar to chemistry. I knew I could easily, you know, find a job. The job market there was booming, so I ended up going into pharmacy for that reason. What's going on with everybody? Do you Especially find... the sports. <laughs> yeah, but do you find, like, being a pharmacist, like, I'm on a, I'm on a first-name basis with my pharmacist because the amount of crap that I'm putting into my system, and, like... You must know so much about people that nobody else knows. I definitely do. There's a lot of trust involved in that. And I try, you know, you're saying that you're on a first-name basis. I actually really try to make it a point to be on a first-name basis with everybody that comes to my pharmacy. To try to build that type of family, you know, close atmosphere with all the customers. So we we get along very well. That's uh, great. The customers and I. Cause it makes a difference. I know, I, I know if before when I had to have like all hormonal things cause of menopause have to, <laughs> but there were so many pharmacies I just didn't like. And then finally I found one cause and I love the people there and they're so lovely that it really makes a difference. Also, because when you go to pharmacy, you could be really vulnerable That's because right. you really want somebody who's going to trust you and care about you and take care of you, or at least that you feel that way, because people go there for a variety of reasons, some extremely personal, some not so personal. And you definitely want to go to somebody who embraces you and all of that, rather than announces it from IO5 as like the far side cartoons used to be. <laughs> like, ma'am, we have your crab and lice spray here. <laughs> You're like, Oh, gonorrhea. <laughs> okay, you guys, Derek, I do have a I do have a question about your profession though. How are pharmacies in America evolving? Have they evolved in the years that you've been in the industry and do you see do you see changes ahead? I mean, what what is what is going to happen in this field? Well, it's it's a lot more more hands-on now than when it was when I started. You you did the prescriptions, you called the doctors, this and that. There wasn't so, I mean, we did it, but there wasn't so much patient counseling back then as there is now. You certainly weren't called on to diagnose or to, to give vaccines or, or things like that. So it's a lot more hands-on now. I, I think that because of it, they see us as professional, if that makes any sense. We're giving you vaccines now. And a lot of my patients said, they don't even allow their doctors to give them vaccines. They'll come to me to do it. So that's pretty interesting as well. But that's really what you're looking at. Now, as we go towards the future, you're starting to see MTMs, which is we're going through patients' profiles, making sure that there's no interactions, that type of thing, calling the patient, making sure they know when to take it, why you're taking it at that time, the benefits of taking it a certain way. You know, how to properly do everything. Uh, if you're doing multiple eye drops, you do one eye drop, you close your eye, you have to wait five minutes before you put the next one in. Otherwise, you're just flushing the first eye drop. A lot of people don't know this. We're here to provide more hands education than back in the day where we just sat in the back and handed you your bag when it was ready. Right. And, and do you see, I, I mean, so have you been doing the COVID vaccines? We've done more than I care to do. <laughs> and I yeah. say that because what's happening is we have so many people coming. It's hard to fill prescriptions. Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's how, that's how crazy it is right now. And I feel 
kind of sorry for the sick people that are coming in. We're doing our best. We're usually a 15, 20 minute wait, but now we got to tell them an hour and a half because we're busy doing shots. Wow. Um, now, which is something that we really never had to do. We try to prioritize how sick this person is to get their stuff out. So that's a new challenge for us, too, trying to get all these prescriptions done while doing all these vaccines. Wow. Well, at least... Yeah, on that note, though, I'm glad that people are coming for the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage people to do that. We're concerned it is a, it is a bit of a load on us. I can imagine. Do you ever get people in there, Derek, that asks you, that has suspicions about the vaccine and asks you if it's some big conspiracy for Bill Gates to put microchips in our blood and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> all of that stuff that I've never even heard of. And all, people, this, I mean, this is not a pharmacy thing. I guess this is just something that I found in life. People that have made their minds up about things, it's very hard to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes no matter what logic you can bring to them, they're still going to feel the same way. But I'll, I'll give them my knowledge and in, in such a way that I'm not forcing it on them, and I'll let them decide to take the path that they're going to take. Right. So, you know, I, that's really the best that I can do. But I'll, I'll give them information, not misinformation. Right. Yeah, like the fact if anything is going to be tracked, it's what you're holding in your hand, your iPhone. That's doing all the tracking for you. You know what was the big one? I remember when the easy, I guess you guys have them and and all the states have them now, but when the easy pass first came out, everybody thought that that was going to be a means to catch people speeding. Because they can time from when you scan that one place <laughs> to when you scan that it never really materialized. That was the big conspiracy theory I remember from back in the day. Nobody wanted them. That's true. It's, it's, it's so interesting that you're saying that because it's logic, right? And, and what you just said is, you know, what we're finding with human nature, not just in our country, but around the world and the way in which people are absorbing misinformation and disinformation around the vaccine. There's no logic to, to any of this. Your background is, is analytical. I find it really, it's, it's a really interesting journey, how you got to where you are. RPI is all about quant and, and I, and I'm really like, yeah. So, but it's, but it's fascinating. One of the things that I was going to ask you as you were, as you were describing your patients, do you feel as though Americans are moving the needle on their acceptability for the vaccine generally, or do you feel that we're still in a crisis point? That's a good question. I uh, just speaking from the, the, the uh, pool of, of people that I see, more people are coming around to it. I, I, I don't know if it, a lot of people were thinking that COVID was going to be over and done with. I think that people's resistance towards the vaccine on masks and all these things are, are obviously you know, making the situation worse. I don't know where we would be if people did follow these regulations. I'm sure that we'd be in a better place than we are now. I don't know if we can say that, okay, it would be you know over and done with at this point. Just looking at the numbers of, I, I mean, I guess Delta off-shifted it somewhat. The Delta variant kind of skewed the numbers somewhat, but I, I think that they still hold up even with that. The people who are having complications, who are in the hospital, who are experiencing fatalities, uh, far more of the unvaccinated outweigh the vaccinated. There's no argument about that. But people see what they want to see. A lot of people say, oh, this person got the vaccine, but they have uh, you know, contracted COVID anyway, so why should we bother with it? None of the manufacturers are saying that their vaccine is 100%. 
I remember when Johnson and Johnson, the the one shot one came out, you're 66 to 67 percent effectiveness. If you give a million people a shot, 333,000 are going to get COVID. What you're looking for is, okay, of those people who are vaccinated who contract COVID, how are they doing? Are they getting a mild case? Are they end up in the hospital? They ended up on a respirator? No, compared to people who are not vaccinated. Have you noticed any trends also like towards or outside of COVID? Like, are people, you remember there was that opiate craze, and I'm sure there still is. Do you find that people are more opiating themselves? That was a huge thing in this particular state. We didn't have to deal with that one so much in New York. Florida is the king of narcotic abuse. I think that something like 85% of narcotic prescriptions were filled in Florida. Uh, Whoa, the United what? States. So I quite literally, yeah, it, yeah, I did more narcotics my first year here than I did in 20 years in New York. And I don't think it was close. That's Whoa. how crazy it is here. Things like uh, subutex that they use to help you know people get over the addiction. I might have done a handful in New York, like uh, hot bread and butter. So wow. you know we. And when you say you did more narcotics, make, uh, you mean you prescribed? <laughs> when you say you did more narcotics, you mean you prescribed more narcotics? Filled more. Well, filled more. <laughs> just filled for more our narcotics. listeners, I just. <laughs> Right. No, he doesn't get high on his own. Just wanted to clarify. If you guys don't mind no, me, sh- I was Mr. Goody Two Shoes back then, and I guess I'm still the same now. Uh, that's good. Oh, that's oh, a, that's a we good. have a screen share. Yeah. So, Derek, you probably can't see this, but I just put up on screen a shot of. I see it. Oh, you can see it. Okay. So I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm next to Bob Yorin and Shin. Yeah, you're yeah. Be- between. Bo- oh, yeah. Between Bob Yorin and Shin. And uh, what a motley crew. I don't, I don't, this is the foot. Shin's hair is so long. I know. It's like my hair. So I remember you for sports, Derek. I mean, this is, uh, we're talking about the football team here. I, I was too much of a wuss to play football, but. Where's the wrestling picture? Come on. Oh yeah. I mean, of course, wrestling as well. Um, (laughs) Are are sports something that, that sticks out at you as, as being the most memorable parts of Milton or give us, before we get into specifics, give us a sketch of like what your are your memories from Milton mostly fond ones or maybe not or a mix or what? And this is not sponsored by Milton. Mostly, I would say uh, mostly fun. I mean, it was an experience for me coming from where I came from to go to a school like that. The one thing that I remember when I first got there, I never once worried that I couldn't uh, carry myself academically. The one thing that stood out to me was that when I first came to Milton, it seemed like everybody really had an idea of what they wanted to do and where they wanted to go. And I found that kind of interesting because when I was a freshman, I really had no idea. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't know what college I wanted to go to. I had no idea what I was looking to study. I was still trying to figure all those things out. But it seemed that compared to where I came from, a lot of people had a a predetermined path that I just thought that. I mean, if there was anything that, I don't know if, if intimidating is the word, but if there's anything that was intimidating to me about Milton, it was that. Yeah, I, I just took notice of that very quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. Derek, in, in recent years, Milton's been in the news for a couple of things that they prefer not to be in the news for. Yep. And, 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 that, and it has caused us on this podcast to talk about how things Milton may have been, for lack of a better word, kind of out of touch uh, with the benefit of hindsight. You coming in as a, as a black student, I know Milton was diverse to a point. But did you feel welcome? Mm-hmm. I did. 
I, I can't really think of anybody that I didn't really get along with. So I definitely felt welcome. I, I, I guess maybe that's part of my personality. I guess I'm just very easygoing. I'm not looking for things. I'm just looking at the person that's in front of me and whatever they present to me uh, is what I'm looking at. I'm not, you know, trying to find any undertones in everything that somebody says or I just I just take it as it comes. So, no, I didn't have any problems with that at all. I remember all the guys in the dorm. I was with uh, Will and Sam, great, great guys. That was a lot of fun being with them, uh, Nat yeah. Freeman, Arata, all those guys. In fact, I remember looking, I guess this was a little bit ago, Will posted that he had a tennis match with Sam. Yeah, I saw and, uh, <laughs> Yes, they won't stop talking about it online. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He also posted that he got a a flu shot or or a shot from a pharmacist and and, uh, he hit him too high. And I'm kind of joking. I was like, well, if Will had any deltoids, maybe he would (laughs) have beaten him in that tennis game. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's the low blow. Nice. The Hallowell house. Nice. Are you in so, touch with people from Milton? I was at Sig's wedding. Oh. Nice. I was at Mark's wedding and his younger brother's wedding. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. I was very surprised to get invited to that, but his younger brother invited me to his wedding in Chicago. So I was at uh, a few Milton weddings. So nice. And, uh, and both of those guys are doing very well. Oh, it's great to hear. Where, where, yeah, where's Dave Sigourney? Where did he end up? He was in New Hampshire. I'm trying to remember the name of the town because we all remember the New Hampshire town. He was by Concord. Hmm. I don't think he was in Concord, but he was in a small town outside of Concord. And Mark right now is living in North Carolina. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. But Derek, you're the only pharmacist in our whole class, I think. I think so. I, I was just thinking about that. I don't think there's any. Is there anybody else in your field? There was. There are a lot of people that are into drugs in our class, but so. not. Uh, <laughs> no. Good one, Dave. Coops, let me ask you this. First of all, I'm not surprised to hear you say that you felt welcome right away because I remember you getting, like you said, getting along with everybody. You were kind of like the mayor of our freshman class in such a good way. And you were kind of the guy that kind of made everybody feel at home. I was new in the ninth grade, me and Meredith from the small town of Sharon. But that came very naturally to you. So to your credit, can you recall teachers or coaches that made an impact on you for Milton? If I had to pick one, I would definitely say Mr. Griffin, the wrestling coach. I never had him as a teacher. As a teacher, I would say it could be Mr. Gilpin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Gilpin. It's funny they're both Richards, so yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Gilpin and Mr. Griffin. But uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of self confidence doing the wrestling thing. So yeah, he. I would. I would put Mr. Griffin one. I heard uh, that he had passed away, so I was very sorry to hear that. Yeah. He did. He did the, uh, just this year. But you know, by all accounts, lived the full and, and rich life. I remember him being in Coops. You'll remember too. He was probably the first face we saw in ninth grade in the in Warren Hall there when we're all gathered like for the first time and he was the perfect ambassador for Milton and he always had a way of putting things nicely yeah. he, he had a way of putting things nicely like me and Josh Gillette would walk into Warren Hall just kind of bumming around and Mr. Mr. Griffin would say here come a couple of stalwarts and like <laughs> I don't even know if we knew what stalwart meant you had to go look it up in yeah. the dictionary yeah right and meanwhile me and, and and Josh are just these two wimpy kids just kind of trying to make our way through high school. And it's, it's kind of a, a night. He, he had a way of, of bringing, bringing you up, I think. Is that your memory of Here's a story. 
about Mr. Griffin. Are you guys hearing me? He, he got inducted into the Massachusetts State Hall of Fame as a wrestling coach. And I went up there for the breakfast the next day. I took my oldest there. So that was, she was the only family member that I went now that's actually been to Milton, the one that's uh, teaching at UCAL Berkeley. I took her with me. She was 13 at the time. We go into his house. And as soon as I walk through the door, they're saying, that's the guy. So I'm making a face. That's the guy. What are you talking about? Me? And they said, yeah, you. I said, well, what am I? Why am I the guy? What are you talking about? They said that when Mr. Griffin gave his speech on Friday night, he only mentioned one wrestler by name. And I said, and he mentioned me for all the people he wrestled, uh, you know, taught all those years. They said, yeah, it was you. So what did he say? He told them about the time that I had to get on the scale upside down to make weight. It was the first (laughs) match of senior year. He didn't know the half of that story. Only a handful of people ever told what actually happened. But, yeah, I had to, when I, I had to make one step. When I got on the scale, I was 179 and a quarter. Matt said that if he gets on the scale upside down and nobody touches him, it's legal and it'll take off a quarter of a pound. He says, as long as his full body weight is on the scale. So I ended up doing a handstand no. on the scale. I sure did. And it took off a quarter of a pound. Nobody touched me. The referees were there to watch. It was legal. And I made weight back. That's insane. What's, what's, that is a really good story. What's the, me- what's the physics behind that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't. I, oh, why does it? I have no idea why. It's I'm going to start doing that well. now. Yeah, yeah, I think that all of us are going to be doing that constantly, Derek. Thank you very much for that tip. Yeah. Wow. How did you know how to do a handstand? I mean, seriously. That was Matt. Yeah, Matt was the one that I had never heard that before in my life. But Matt was the one that said that that was a thing. And so we tried it. First match of the year, and we thought that oh was going to be the toughest opponent we had, so I had to make the weight. So we gave it a try, and it worked. What wow, did awesome. he chose that to talk about during his induction speech? That's amazing. <laughs> That's, That's so awesome. Great. That's <laughs> fantastic, Derek. Oh you you made reference to the fact that from where you said from where I came from before you got to Milton. Where did you grow up, and how did you get to Milton? I grew up in the Bronx. Probably not the worst part of the Bronx, but not a great part of the Bronx either. And how I came to find Milton was because of my mother, who is actually living with me right now. Right. And I'm taking care of her because she took care of us. Yeah. My mother was a absolute stickler for academics. You had mm-hmm. to do your homework. If you didn't do your homework properly, she would rip it up and make you do it over. <laughs> that was just how mom was. Because of where, where we were in the Bronx, the schools here weren't great to be kind my mother was always looking for better opportunities for us to get a better education. So I took a whole bunch of exams in middle school, and one of them was the SSAT. I scored very well, affected me, and what offered me a, a scholarship uh, through the ABC program, and that was how I ended up at school. That's a great so. story. Were you similar to your mom with your kids and homework? My kids weren't as stubborn as I was. <laughs> so you didn't uh, have to be no i didn't have to rip anything up or anything obviously they were a lot wiser than i was too but i did teach them the proper way to do things and apparently it took heart because so far they're all doing very well no kidding i'm very proud of all of them before i ask my question i just want to ask one more question do you and your wife still game we do game and we ran into cub cub griffin 
um, I don't. I think I was the one that figured out who he was. Now, and he was absolutely shocked. I was like, "It's Derek from Milton." I said, yeah, it's me. And, and so I, we actually played with Cubs for a little while. That was kind of fun. But yeah, we do games together. We did, like I said, the SWO tour. We did DDO. Now there's this new game called New World. We haven't downloaded it yet, but that's something that we're looking at. The, the son is playing that when he says it's a good one. He's trying to get us to, to get into that one, too. And you're still big Star Wars fans? I'm still a big Star Wars fan. I, I had a basketball that wrote the scene on it. So whenever we would play and I would pass the ball to somebody, they would look at the ball like, what is this? And they would start playing basketball to read what I actually wrote on the ball. But I wrote the whole trash compactor scene on my basketball. And it, <laughs> no! it became a thing at Milton. I remember I, I remember that. I'm nerd credentials. <laughs> Derek, I, I, re, I remember seeing that basketball. And and I was and, oh, I, and I'm yeah, a I'm a fan we, I'm a fan, yeah. so I recognized it. But I didn't know you had done it. That's hilarious. That's great. Um, That's pretty cool. All right. It's time for Meredith's million-dollar question. Here's my million-dollar question. Are you ready? What would your Milton self think about you now? And then the second part of the question, if you had anything to tell your Milton self, what would that be? The second part is a little bit easier. It might not have always been that obvious, but I've always been very quiet, a very shy, very reserved. I've, I was always the type of person that would rather sit and watch uh, than to get involved and was very fine doing that. I would tell myself to get a little bit more involved than what I was then and, and not be so shy and, and get out and and enjoy life. I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess if we're going to do psych, I guess that there might be reasons behind that. I'm not sure. But I think that, I mean, I, w- I think I was engaging, but I would have to be engaged first. Mm-hmm. I would mean, like, once you came to me, then everything was good and talk and, and get along and things like that. But I was never the one to make the first move. Mm-hmm. And I think I've gotten over that uh, somewhat now. I think so. I think that's an easier question. As for the first part, what? Well, I, I think I turned out, I, I didn't see this coming, but I think I turned out to be a much more aggressive driver than I thought I said I would be. Yeah, I have a, a 1994 Toyota Supra. I've broken 150 in it a few times. Oh, what? And, and, I, yeah, and I got a, a big old $500 seating ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, That'll yeah, show I, you. Mm-hmm, I got maybe because that's being like you know, a crazy driver. It's it's funny. I I, yeah, I mean I guess it's aggressive when you're going that fast. I would never. <laughs> I would kind of make my own rules with that. I would never do it in traffic. I would never fuck well, the that... if I if I was coming up on somebody, I would get to legal speed. I didn't want to freak out some old lady or something like that. <laughs> um, so we used my friend and I. We used to go out. Um, in Yonkers, there was a thing, and go racing up and down the uh, Sprainbrook Parkway. And we would get home at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'd have to get up at 8 to drag my butt to work. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. But that was, that was years ago, so I can't do that now. <laughs> but no. back then, I could, yeah. So that, that really became a thing. I think the family, I, I, I mean, I guess the path that it took for me to come here, I never would have anticipated, but I think that, the kids that are in my life, the woman that's in my life, 
those kind of things. I don't know if I would have seen that coming as a, as a Derek and Pat Milton. So I think that that would have been a bit of a surprise too and a, and a very pleasant one yeah. the way how things turned out. Nice. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. So, We're so grateful for your time, Derek. It's really such a joy to see you and to see how you've thrived. I mean, it's wonderful. And you push joy out on, on the conversation. It's like you're so warm and we can feel it here. So lovely. Well, thank you for that. And it was fun to see you guys. I wish that we had better connection here. It makes for a very dramatic podcast. It's like, can we hear him? Yeah, Yeah. it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's great to see that your heart is still where it was at Milton. You are always one of the most open-hearted people that I ever came in contact with. There's just something that was so grounded and true and filled like just heart like you had such a huge heart and it's it's so wonderful to see that that is still present and growing and that you have family who can just eat it up and give it right back and and that that just makes me so happy to see thank you for that thank you it's so true hey i'm so glad hey derek how can people get in touch with you find you on facebook or Anything else? I'm on I'm on Facebook. I got a lot of birthday wishes from a lot of people who I went to school with, like Mickey O, and I'm just remember him because I think that he was the the first one that I happened to see. So I am on Facebook. That would be the best way to get in touch with me. Yes, I think I'm in. I think that there's a class of '86 group too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mickey O is a former guest on this show. And he had a little. And the gamers can find you, I assume, unless what? What's your name? Yeah, do you have a do you handle? Have some sort of secret. Uh, I'll be under one of of two names. I'll either be under Aston Martin sixty eight. The other one would be Sinjin. S i n g h i a n. I'm always under one of those two names. All right. Awesome. Love it. Awesome. Now we know. Coops, you've been awesome. Unsurprisingly. Thank you. Great memories. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for joining us on the link. Thank Oops. you for having us. It was a lot of fun. And I just will say uh, to our listeners, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend, whether they went to Milton or whether they would just find it interesting. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pod. You can go to pod617.com slash link and contribute to us on Patreon and keep this train rolling. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Go Mustangs. All right. We'll see you next time on the link. Woo.